Welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio, the one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. All right, welcome back to another episode of Demand Gen Radio. I'm your host, Dave Lewis, and here is where we talk about the methods and technologies for driving growth. Big focus of our talk today with you is around the methods for driving growth. I think I've shared with, with those of you guys that are regular listeners that we're working on a big initiative here at BDO Digital. We are standing up a marketing team, a tech stack, all of our processes and all of our methodologies from scratch. There's really been no internal marketing team, marketing function within BDO Digital. We have worked for years with our national marketing team within the parent organization, and we are changing that strategy. And so today I really want to dive into some of the work that I am doing and the methodologies that I'm using with my friend, Chris Nelson. And Chris is the Senior Director of Growth Marketing at Village MD. So he and I are going to have essentially a fireside chat, talk about the approaches that we use uh, to give you guys some ideas and some lessons, some maybe mistakes and, and things that we've done along the way that you can also get some great lessons from. So let's get Chris. Chris, good to see you. David, hey, great to see you. You are, I didn't, I, I don't know where you are these days. Where's home for you? So uh, physically, I'm on uh, Ponte Vedra, Florida. So Northeast Florida, right outside of Jacksonville. Nice. I, uh, I'm i assuming it's it's nice outside today because you got great lighting. Uh, it's actually a little overcast today, but yeah. uh, 78. So All I'll right. take that. We'll take that. My daughter's just on her way back from Disneyland. When I hear Florida, uh, I have fond memories, uh, fatherhood times over in Orlando, a little further from you, uh, but but good times there. Thank you for joining me and thanks for joining on the podcast. You know, lots of times when we do these, we talk about, you know, a specific subject matter area that my guest is really passionate about. And when you and I said, uh, hey, what do we want to talk about? I love that you said, well, why don't we talk about some of the methods that, that you've used and and we share some of that that those those methodologies in in common um for those of you that are that are not watching this if you want uh our youtube channel is demandgen fastest way there is demandgen.tv i do have a lot of stuff for you guys to download because we're going to talk about uh our d3 methodology and some of the other methods we use and i want to make sure you guys have links to these resources chris let's start off with the d3 methodology i did an episode with gail nixon uh, I think it was the last one that I just did. And she is a huge fan, as as I am and was, of Serious Decisions, now part of Forrester. And the whole demand waterfall, or what I coined as the demand funnel and all of our lead management methodologies. Uh, and I felt that that didn't go far enough. I kind of felt like that was a great start early on in B2B marketing, but it wasn't representative of how broad B2B marketing has has gotten and all the different diverse methodologies. So I started working on the D3 methodology over two years ago. And I'm curious, how did you stumble across it? What did you think of it when you when you first uh, started, you know, digging in? Yeah, it's, you know, it's interesting, you kind of you touched on uh, serious decisions and kind of that traditional waterfall methodology with demand generation. And I kind of liken today where demand gen is at um, to where email was at many, many years ago. And then, you know, just starting off, you know, it's emailing and, and we're looking at just kind of the basic stuff 
of clicks and, and things. And but then you know, email has transcended to just getting into the the the, the inbox, right? From from deliverability. So that's like you know, a couple th- three years ago uh, has become this just big practice and very important. So I liken demand gen to the same thing that it's it's transformed over the last, um, even the last several years and kind of like you're saying, you know, finding what is that new um, nexus for demand generation and how do we, you know, you know, take it to another level. And that's, that's right now it, it's, it's, it's that is we have to go to another level. And, and, you know, when I came across D3, because I was in a situation where um, I came into an organization where there was absolutely nothing and it's spreadsheets, it's this, it's, it's, it's opinions and not a real formal science or practice behind it. And really looking holistically across the landscape, if you will, of every part of demand gen. And, and I think, you know, when I came across the, the D3 methodology doing my research for looking for partners to help us activate a true demand generation framework, um, you know, I, I, I said, wow, okay, this, this, is, this is what we're looking for. This is what we need to be a transformative organization for there to be true synergy between marketing and, and sales operations. There needs to be a proper framework in place. I was in my garage, I was building some drones and I was mounting the motors onto the frame. And the motors on these drones these days, they're really, really powerful. And they are essentially based on a, a similar design to a planetary gear system. Different, not as complex. Uh, but when I was looking at the motor and I was thinking about how fast it spins and how powerful it is, one of the things that stood out to me about the motor, these motors particularly is because they have these magnets, is how little friction there is. So they spin really fast because the gears, unlike a planetary gear system, which is prone to a lot of friction and needs a lot of lubrication, these motors don't have it. And I just really started thinking more and more that the planetary gear system was the perfect metaphor for it. And being a natural storyteller, when I started sharing with my team, I'm like, the reason this metaphor is so good is because like the output of this engine that we're building, this demand en- engine, uh, is right here in the center. It's it's you know the sun gear right in the middle, and it had a name for it, and I was like geeking out on the stuff. And then I was going through it and going through it and the planetary gears that spin around it. And one of them said to me like, you're not gonna explain this to clients with all this like technical mumbo jumbo about a planetary gear system. And I'm like, well, I think there should be a certain amount of story about why this engine is so relevant as a metaphor. And I've, I've never asked you like, is the metaphor itself that helpful in terms of when you introduce the methodology to others or is it more the, the three essential elements, you know, the demand creation, demand management, demand expansion, less about the motor. I'm a connoisseur of, of analogies myself. And so while, and, and it's funny that you mentioned um, drones, because I wouldn't not, I, I thought I was thinking more gears, um, pistons, all that stuff in an engine, like an engine. And so the metaphor is, is the vessel to bring this to your organization, right? Because it's technical, right? And you're talking about subjects that people that aren't in marketing and people that are even in sales that have an idea of marketing don't truly understand that, you know, these, this, this metaphor is really, again, a vessel to help them understand the complexity 
of what lies within demand generation. And like you said, you know, um, you know, the gears to me, I think, you know, with that interlocking, I think there's a lot of things that happen there, not only with strategy and execution, but it, it also lends itself to that interlocking and connectivity with the gears with your teams right. as well. So, so to me, that whole having an analogy and in, in, in the engine piece to me, whether it's a drone or a car or a jet turbine, whatever it is, I mean, that is probably one of the most powerful things you can utilize to help leverage it and educate people. Because I think demand gen is about education, uh, you know, especially to those who aren't familiar with it. Yeah. I, I'm glad to hear you say it. Cause I, I do love analogies myself. Um, I often use food analogies and restaurant analogies uh, with my team. They know it all too well, but I like it. I mean, in marketing, we're storytellers, we're natural storytellers. When serious decisions came out with the demand waterfall, one of the things I said to them was like, the waterfall doesn't really work as a metaphor, uh, because everything from the top falls to the bottom, except for evaporation. And they said, yeah, but it's, you know, it, it makes sense. And I'm like, oh, okay. And that's where I went with demand funnel which was like this narrowing that that the top is wider to the bottom, like mm, shit though, everything in a funnel goes all the way from the top to the bottom, just slowly. So this one, the planetary gear system, I felt like really nailed it because it's so, it's such a good representation of all the parts that are needed to come together, uh, that, that this is an engine, a process that needs a lot of lubrication, which means you gotta get friction out of your sales process, the alignment between sales and marketing, et cetera. So now let's dive into actually the methodology. Uh, I'll start. So as I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, needed to build an entire marketing department from scratch. And the first thing for me starts with, yes, there are elements of strategy, but the first thing is the people and getting the team in place. Uh, and it's been fun, really first time in a long time that I'm literally building a team from scratch because whenever I've gone to a company before starting my own, I was a member of a team and not ever doing you know, one from scratch with the exception of maybe two times in my career, a startup that I did, which I mentioned to you, the voice startup, and then another you know, true you know, startup where I was the first member of the marketing team. But unfortunately we ran out of money uh, after about a couple of years and, and that company, we never really got the product out the door. So uh, I, I don't look at that one as a, as a model of success. What's the starting place for you in terms of, you know, team, tech, amount of strategy when it comes to marketing. And then if you can talk about in terms of how the D3 methodology, those outside, you know, elements that are on the, on the ring gear, uh, where you're, where you're focused there. Yeah. I mean, just getting a understanding of where you're at, right. Coming and doing an assessment. You know, like you said, I, you know, I, I was, I was in the same situation last year where I needed to build a team. And because um, you can't do it, obviously you can't do it alone. And so really assessing where you're at from the people, the technology, uh, you know, what strategies are in place now. And then think about where do we even want to start to begin to, you know, you know, get into demand generation. And you can't just say, hey, I'm just going to do everything. You can't. You have to start understanding again where you're at, assess and say, okay, I need to fill in gaps. Uh, so I'll give you an example. Uh, one of the big things before we even were thinking about the strategy is 
what kind of enablement do we have from a technology standpoint? And, you know, are we, are we connected? Are we integrated? And to me, if you're not going to have the right tool set to even just kind of start and make sure that you can get some level of insights of how are we driving demand through a funnel and at each stage of the funnel, what does that look like? If we're not able to get data, which I think is, you know, paramount for you to, to think about demand generation, if we're not able to understand data and let us tell us the true story and rather than, you know, great opinions, then you're, you're stuck. You're not going to go anywhere. And so going from a nascent and I'm, I'm stealing from uh, the, the, the demand gen uh, library, but that nascent spot and understanding, okay, where are we at and really assessing here's where we're at. Here's what we have to work with. And then knowing what path and trajectory do we want to go to in phasing and demand generation to be a best in class. And you're not going to get best in class overnight. You're going to have a lot of bumps and bruises. And fortunately, I was able to work with um, with, with the team there at BDO and partner and get some really great support of people who are knowledgeable about this this stuff. And, um, you know, I think that makes a world of difference, uh, you know, kind of that's, that's the other thing is having a good partner, um, especially if you're just diving into this, because there's, there's, there's lots of things on the internet, but getting something that's, you know, informative and, and true, um, uh, true thought leadership and somebody who really knows what they're doing. I, I feel you're, you're almost going to have to go with a partner uh, unless you've done this a couple of times. So, um, yeah, that, that's to me, a uh, very key part of that growth. Yeah. The people that I started with, so we, we kind of catch everybody up and catch you up. So first person that I, um, hired was our head of marketing and that's, that's Mia Kemp. So she's leading the marketing practice within BDO digital. Um, then we started creating job descriptions for all the roles that we needed. And some of those include a head of demand generation head of marketing operations, head of content strategy, head of product marketing. So each of those kind of core disciplines underneath her, uh, we were fortunate that we were able to bring some team members over that used to work within the marketing group that have moved into different roles, but they're coming back over. So we've got someone responsible for marketing technology and specifically like the, the website, which we've got to build a website from scratch. Um, we've carved out a, a job description for, I'm gonna say to you, our Marketo administrator, but I did a post on LinkedIn and everyone was like, I wouldn't tie a brand name to the title. And so we adopted those recommendations and, and moved to a uh, marketing automation specialist role for that. Uh, and we'll, I think it's post, it's certainly posted by the time this episode uh, airs. We brought over a couple marketing specialists and I would say uh, they're actually more generalists, people like uh, Bridget Jamison, who was in my group, but is now part of the broader BDO digital marketing. She's the person who does the editing of this podcast. She does our social media. She does and manages our blog posts and our campaigns. I mean, she can do really almost anything in marketing in terms of various marketing programs. And, you know, as, as was originally on our services team, maybe someone that you and the group have worked with in the past, but now she's, you know, doing a wide range of, of different marketing uh, programs. So we're building out the team, which is really exciting. And it's, and it's, uh, it's all about the team. And now we're starting to talk deep into the technology. What's going to be our CMS platform for the website. Uh, we are, we've decided we're using Marketo 
as our marketing automation system. Obviously, there's a few good choices that are out there. Uh, the majority of our clients, the work that we do are using Marketo. Uh, we like to practice what we preach. Uh, we are using actually Dynamics as our CRM because that's the CRM that's already in place at BDO uh, globally. So we'll, we're, we're leveraging that uh, CRM. And then we'll be standing up other other tech tools. So on the outer the outer ring gear, if you will, the people and the technology, you know, we'll get to analytics and we're certainly already dealing with data. We're taking our databases and going to do natural cleansing and hygiene work before we load it into a new system. Love to get your perspective in terms of that outer ring gear of the D3 methodology and the things that I'm mentioning to you. Uh, anything that to share in terms of how you prioritize the tech stack or some of those other areas? Yeah. So I, I mentioned, I mentioned tech and again, understand what we had to work with. Uh, you know, I've been in a couple of shops now where it, it's, it's HubSpot. And what's interesting is many years ago, I had looked at HubSpot, but went with other platforms such as Sitecore XD, other, other automation platforms. And so getting in on HubSpot, I was really surprised. I don't know if you've had any experience with it, but luckily the yeah. team uh, was experienced with that. And, um, Man, I was quite pleasantly surprised. And I think from a B2B standpoint, it's a good start. Again, I, I talked about getting started and working with what you have. And I, I thought, man, th this is going to enable our team. And like you said, building that right team is so important. And even if you you know don't have a lot of people, it's just the right right positions, right? Yeah. Or the right, right um, resources to help you execute. You know, kind of as you go in that, outer quadrant, you know, talking about the, the tech integration is a big thing, um, ensuring that we're able to have the systems talk to each other. And, and right there, you know, sure, you can do things in silos, but it doesn't work that, you know, again, this is a, a methodology where you need to be collaborative and synergistic across the board with operations and um, marketing. Yeah. the I'm glad you brought up HubSpot. I had a call with them last week and uh, a friend of mine, Mark Klein out of Southern California, he runs and has for probably about 25 years now, really good mortgage lending uh, operation. And they don't have some of the sophisticated tools that are now available. So he reached out to me and said, you know, Dave, what should we use? And I said, you got a couple different options. Um, because they have like no internal marketing team, maybe one person who's kind of jack of all, uh, but, you know, don't have a lot of experience in these areas. So, you know, the reason that HubSpot was a good conversation for them was in their particular situation, you know, a, a lighter footprint tool, but also has a CRM component to it. If he needs that, has some other capabilities, uh, you know, built into it. So it was nice to have him take a look at other platforms. He hasn't made a final decision yet, but um there's a lot of options out there well beyond even in marketing automation. And what we're doing in terms of team staffing is taking a look at what our tech stack is going to be, how much responsibility will be needed for those. And that's dictating what we're putting into and prioritizing on, a, on our hiring plans. And, uh, and we're probably we're about six people in the department now, uh, and we'll probably get to about 11 people by the end of April. And, and that's really when the fun begins, when we start implementing the systems and implementing the strategy that we've been working on. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, kind of to your point there, um, you know, getting things done up front so you can activate later, but you know, again, that delivery tool. So we're, we're talking about HubSpot, right. And then um, the, 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 the content 
generation is so key, you know, because you're talking about that cog and that wheel and everything's just kind of in motion, working together and, you know, having the automation platforms, great, But then, you know, we're kind of switching off to that, one of those outer gears, the content generation and utilizing that to be fuel into the, into the system and, and, and really get the gears moving is so key and important. So then we're talking about, we have resources to work on the automation piece or to be our automation specialist, but then you have to have the right resources from the content generation standpoint to put in and feed in the automation, right? Each discipline is so specific and has just certain needs that you just have to make sure that, hey, I got to cover my bases and make sure that I do have the right resources in place. Yeah. Someone who has the title Senior Director Growth Marketing, uh, let's talk about the three Ds. And I didn't go the 3D route with the naming, but D3, demand creation, demand management, and demand expansion. When you look at your responsibility for growth, do you prioritize any one of those areas? Uh, demand creation, you know, for those that are new to the methodology or not familiar with it, is top of funnel, you know, generating net new uh, awareness and interest in your products or services. Demand management is the conversion of those interested parties to become customers. And demand expansion is sometimes called the lower funnel or your install base, uh, which for most companies generates the majority of their revenue. Uh, and we saw in COVID a huge focus on protecting and growing the install base. What about for you, for someone who thinks every day about growth, how do you prioritize and and make sure that each one of those areas, like you said, there's a you can start in nascent and get all the way to extremely competent. It doesn't happen overnight, but where do you start? No. Where do you prioritize? It depends on what I'm walking into. Yeah. <laughs> like, honestly, you know, depends on the organization and where they are. One of the first things I do is like, I do a Chris tour. I want to meet everybody in marketing. I want to meet everybody in technology and in between. So I understand where are we as an organization and, and, and really get the information. So I kind of understand what we're dealing with. I could say the last couple of years and then this year has, has been in the, the area where we're actually trying to get the demand management really going because, and, and actually I'll take that back. I would say demand creation and demand management at the same time. And what I mean by that is we're, we keep using the analogies of uh, in engine related, but think about, I have this hot rod, mm -hmm. this super fast car I'm going to build, right? And I still need to get to point A to point B and I need to make mileage. I need to make some progress. So I'm going to be out pushing while I'm doing the interior while I'm, I'm actually building that motor yeah. and the engine. So then I can actually get the supercharger on top of that, but you still got to move the car down the road. Yeah. Right. And so for me, it's, it's really been focusing on getting demand management straightened out and having a, a clear framework playbook that marketing and, and operations, sales operations, growth operations, whatever your counterpart is on the other side, that you're in agreement with a playbook that defines what our funnel looks like, mm -hmm. our terminology, our taxonomies. That's so important to be on the same page so that everybody knows. 
when we're driving leads down the funnel and we have net new and we have that world we call suspects and we want to get them to the inquiry and then to the MQL so we can then say, sales, is this a sales accepted lead? It's so important to get that piece down while we are then trying to generate, you know, a library of content that's going to be engaging. So in that suspect realm, we're creating awareness and content that can feed awareness. As they get into inquiry, we're creating that content so we can make sure that there's that consideration, right? So we're, we're, we're methodically bringing them down and it's a juggling act. Right. So it's, you have to do both. And, you know, if you don't have the people, hopefully you have the budget and you can get a a retainer for an agency or a freelancer to help you with that content generation. Because, you know, when somebody says, Hey, we need X amount of leads in the pipeline, you got to go figure it out. And and I think today in in the shops today, it's, it's very much everybody's working with a startup mentality. So you're going out there and you're hustling and you're doing, but you got to show progress. I, I was going to tell you, by the way, on the title for our head of demand generation, Mia, I believe she crafted a director of client acquisition, which then modified, I believe, in the final state to director of client acquisition and expansion. And it made me really think about demand creation and demand expansion because is that the job of one person? So let me ask Chris Nelson, is that your job to be responsible for both upper funnel and the install base? And if so, do you often think about staffing and having more focus by people in those particular areas, as opposed to time slicing and shifting their priorities to net new versus install base? Yeah. Um, again, I think, uh, everything comes back to budget. But um, mm-hmm. in my, my particular case, I'm focused on both and my team is focused on both. So not necessarily being able to carve out, especially I, you know, certainly you want, you want to have growth and, and have uh, more people on your team to help kind of specialize. But in my situation, I tend to be um, the wearer, uh, or our team has been the wearer of all hats. Yeah. And so thinking about that top of the funnel, then as we move down to the bottom of the funnel, and then you talked about what was interesting earlier, and I didn't want to like throw this back in there and, and, and loop us back around. But when we talked about demand generation, kind of the, the original, um, serious decision methodology, and you started talking about D3 and how it's no longer like this, this funnel, but it's like the hourglass, right? right? Totally. And thinking about, okay, I'm, I'm bringing people down the funnel, but guess what? This person's not ready yet. So I got to be able to like give them a status of, okay, I need to recycle this lead and bring mm-hmm. them back in to warm them back up. And so there's that aspect of the funnel, yeah. but then as you mentioned, getting them down to the bottom towards the hourglass and then retention being the name of the game, right? right. So we, we've seen this big shift during COVID where net new clients, customers start to become a little bit tougher as restrictions and you can't yeah. get out and stuff like that. So kicking and scratching to keep your customer base in retention, to me, retention considers the, is the new acquisition, right? Is ensuring that you continually keep retaining your base yeah. and delivering those customers. For sure. I'm curious, should we rename this person 
growth marketing instead of client acquisition and expansion, which is, it's a- I, I think if you bucket and, and, and quite honestly, I've been in situations where, you know, hey, here's your title. And I've asked to have my title changed just because I know the scope and breadth of work I'm going to come in there and do. Mm-hmm. Say, I'm not going to just do that, right? And to me, I, I, you know, I do see that as growth, right? So whether it's growth with net new or growth with existing, right? Yeah. Customer base. Yeah. To me. Yeah, and it's interesting, uh, you know. In the last several years, I've seen more titles with growth mm-hmm. and, and then also demand as well. Yeah. And revenue marketing. Yeah. We've got someone out of nationals who her title is, is she's head of revenue marketing. And we've talked about that. Do you, do you yourself carry a number, a quota goals in terms of growth marketing, you know, a specific number tied to your areas or, or is it shared goals for the organization? Organizationally. So and, and this is, I think, again, happening in organizations where we, we're, we're going from what we used to have is just standard, standard goals to like key organizational goals mm-hmm. where we're getting really specific, but then those trickle down. And how does that apply down to me to me supporting up? So going backwards up as the individual, how do my goals support up to the greater organization? right? From a demand generation, there's always going to be some kind of, hey, we need to get to X. And how do we get there? How do we support that? And, and then how does that again, translate into the organizational greater goals? Let's, let's talk about where I, I asked that because we're working on our KPIs right now. And we're going to, our goal is to try to get three years of KPIs if we can out there. And we're talking about things like what percentage of pipeline is going to be sourced by marketing and how much total revenue will come from marketing. Those are some of the core metrics that we are uh, going to publish and have because that to us, that's the, that's the scoreboard. Ultimately, there's lots of other stuff we're going to measure, of course, but we're kind of starting with the end in mind, which is what's, what's marketing going to drive from a revenue and pipeline perspective. I want to switch to the gears. So right around the, you know, the sun gear, the middle gear where output is revenue there's the three gears, the the planetary gears, the demand creation, demand management, demand expansion, which I mentioned earlier. As you know, from you know someone who's practicing the methodology in, in your work, each of those teeth within the gear represent a critical element. Uh, and boy, did we spend a lot of time on a lot of whiteboards with a lot of index cards, coming up with those and then distilling them down and then coming up with more and distilling them down. And I, I liked that, you know, the visuals that we created of the gears, there's kind of an infinite number of teeth that you can turn and show because we know that things are going to change over time. When you look at them, what was your take on the elements that are there? And that's part one. And part two is you can't do all of it at once. So how are you, how do you approach the um, prioritization of some of those elements? Yeah. Um, and let me tell you, the, the visuals are outstanding. Oh, I mean, thank they, you, man. They, I appreciate that. They, I, no, I literally took a, lot, uh, a number of different slides and pulled them in to my presentations because when, you know, I'm talking to an executive leadership team um, who just says, hey, we need to do demand gen. But, you know, really, well, what is that? And, and, and educate them because I think the best thing you can do when you're seeking budget is educate 
but bring it into consumable information that people can use, which is why we use the analogies, yeah. which is why the visuals ha have been so impactful and helpful to me is because they really show a very simplistic view of how this all works together. So nice. it's been so helpful. But to me, what I look at when I look at the gears is, you know, where do I have gaps, right? And I, and I call these marketing gaps, right? Like what are my marketing gaps? Where, where am I, whether it's from a people, a technology, a strategy or a content um, aspect, where are my gaps and figure out, okay, what's something that I can assess that I can get as a quick win, low hanging fruit. And then what's something that's a little bit longer, more difficult to, to get over the fence um, that I can prioritize. And I think if, if you're not prioritizing your whole demand generation strategy from those three gears and then looking at the teeth and then saying, okay, how do I prioritize myself? Mm -hmm. You're going to have a problem because there's just so much there. But if you look at it and you take time, you sit down with your team and assess based on what you, again, what you have to work with, whether it's technology, people, et cetera, and see where you can get the quick wins, because that's how we moved from going nascent just to near best in class, right. short of turning everything on mm -hmm. and filling it with content. I mean, it, you know, it was, I would say last year, it was within six months, ready to, to, to crank up the engine, that's fire awesome. up the drag race. I mean, it, and again, your team was a big part of, of helping us do that. But what this methodology allowed us to do was really sit down and focus and take everything in consumable bites, plan it out, map out our milestones, and then just execute and go. Yeah. This is, um, this as in the D3 methodology, Chris, if you looked at our goals for our team, for our group for 2022, the D3 methodology is the second priority. Our first is our revenue goal, which to me that, you know, that starts with, starts with, you know, what, how are we going to grow? But then it's this methodology because some of the things that you said really, you know, bring a smile to my face, which is when we designed the methodology, it was for the Chris Nelsons of the world so that you could take something, digest the complexity of this in a, in a more uh, easily digestible way and then take those slides and take the content, go to leadership as well as your team and either get budget or buy-in from leadership, but also serve as a leader to your team. Like, this is where we're going. These are the things that we need to put into place. Doesn't happen overnight. I've seen some really cool spider charts, by the way, in terms of how people assess where they are in, in those yeah. areas. I've seen some color grading used on where the priorities of those teeth. But like I said, next week, I'll reach out to you and show you the new tool set that we've created, but I can't wait till, you know, the, the reason it's a priority is to really build out the next library of tools for all of you so that you have project plans supported to prioritize each of those areas, that you've got more documentation tool sets of, of the how-to stuff and the governance around doing these things. So I, I said what at the time that I created it, Chris, like this is an infinite project. It will never stop. Um, there are just stages and each and every year we'll enhance the tools. Year one was let's introduce the concept, the metaphor, 
the cores of it and see what people's responses are. And there were so many people hopefully listening to this call that I reached out to and said, am I crazy? Do you like the metaphor? You know, what is, and they weighed in and that helped shaped what was the elements of it. Then year two was, all right, let's create some tool sets for our clients and for the, the broader B2B marketing community so that they can leverage them uh, and, and now go forward and use the application of this methodology. And that's when Carlos and other members of the team like Will said, we got to get like a, a maturity curve for this because there's no like, yep, done. It's okay, done at what level, done at what you know stage. So people like you weighed in on that and, and it was really helpful. Um, you, HP, some of our other accounts in, in financial services, like David Eldred, who I've had on the program, uh, he's in, with, with credit unions, weighed in a lot. And, and he's B2C, which he applied the methodology in a B2C considered purchase environment, which was really cool and some input there. So this year, it's just some new tools that I'll take you through. And I, I hope that everybody listening feels that they can connect with me and, and the team and say, hey, here's how I'm using it. Here's what I'd like to see in it. If my vision you know, comes to fruition, this is the B2B methodology that is used for the decades to come. And I think the proof point of that, you know, when you have a big, hairy, audacious goal, when they're teaching this in the universities and marketing, then I feel like, okay, we've, we've taken it far enough collectively together. You th do you think that's something like that's possible? I absolutely think it's possible. I think to me, demand generation is a practice in itself now. Like meaning, I think it's, it's, it's becoming email, right? Like I said before, it, it's like, you know, email marketing and demand generation is becoming its own, um, you know, classification of a practice that it goes, it goes away from just like, you know, traditional marketing funnel. It truly is, you know, holistic. And like you said, there's not just one piece is more important than the other. They all have to work together. And to me, I feel like demand generation is, is just that it's, it's a whole practice unto itself and without it, you know, it's, it's going to be very tough for organizations to kind of keep up yeah. because more and more, everybody's going to start adhering to this practice or starting to, you know, bring this in house and, and do some variation of it, you know, again, so far from, from what, um, I've been exposed to in, in my opportunity to work with, with BDO has been fantastic. So, I mean, to me, I could certainly see, you know, years from now that this is something that's being taught. And again, kind of that whole, that whole visual of how it all works together. I could, I could totally see it in textbooks yeah. or, or on iPads, whatever, yeah. we'll keep whatever, working. whatever medium it is. Yeah. But I mean, it's a discipline for sure. And, and when you were talking about, you know, the, 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 the curve, right. Of where you start from the very beginning to mm -hmm. trying to get to that best in class. To me, there truly is no end because what's great about it. And you just, you just, you know, keyed in on it is that you have, there's a customer utilizing it within B2C. There's no arena where you have to say, this is just a B2B methodology. The practices in the, in the, in the core of what, you know, a methodology like this is can be applicable. That's 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 what's great about it. it, it it's it's permeable. It's flexible. You can utilize it with a B two B audience, a B two C audience. Yeah. Um, that that's 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 what I I think is really great about it. You know, I've I've been you know 
like I said, for most of my career um, within the healthcare um, realm, B2B area, stepped outside into um, automotive. That was before I, I was in the demand gen practice like this now and can totally see that. Because I, as I, I mentioned before, we talked about retention. There's such an opportunity there um, within that world uh, for customer retention to, to leverage this type of methodology and, and quite honestly, data science. Yeah, I, I'm so excited to see it get so much traction. You know, we've all had to beat the drum, which is why I talk about it on Demand Gen Radio and Demand Gen TV, and I put stuff out on LinkedIn because I don't want it to be a well-kept secret. It's not. And in fact, you know, the tool sets were created for anybody to use them and leverage them, whether they're a client of BDO Digital or not. Um, you know, we we know that a lot of people like yourself who have a lot of work to do and there's a lot of strategy and a lot of hands-on work that's done, they'll reach out to us and say, I think I'm going to need someone to be a Sherpa as well as, you know, hands-on keyboard work getting all this stuff done. But it's really there to be an open, open source, if you will, methodology. It's why, like the PowerPoint slides, you can change the elements. If you have elements that are more relevant to your business, you can do that. Um, one of the other reasons, Chris, that, you know, we joined forces with BDO Digital now a year ago is because of their size and scale. They have an entire learning and development organization that is going to work with us to create curriculum for this. So eventually we can certify people, our own internal people, but as well as our external uh, people as part of our community who want to say, look, I'm a demand generation practitioner and I am certified in the D3 methodology. And people are like, what's that? And like, it's a holistic methodology for B2B marketing and demand generation. Like, you know, we big, big, hairy goals are fun uh, and you don't get there overnight, but it is the vision for the methodology. And that's when, when the team said, hey, you should you should talk to Chris. He's a real now student and, and practitioner of it and get him on the podcast to talk about it. I'm like, let's do that. Um, yeah. what, I can what, totally see that, David, the demand gen university. You no, know, I mean, I mean, that's to me, that's like your your. Um, Google Ads certified certification, um, HubSpot certified. I mean, like that to me, I could see great value for somebody who is a practitioner and having that um, behind them uh, as, hey, I'm, I'm demand generation certified. Yeah. The whole mission of our group, the demand generation group within BDO Digital is to make marketing heroes. Has been from day one even part of the acquisition still is our mission. We have our all hands meeting tomorrow of which I start off always reminding everybody of our mission. And that mission is only successful when, you know, the measurement of that success is when guys like you can continue to progress through your career, through the methodologies and tool sets that we've worked on together, where you can go get the budget that you need, where you can show the results that you need. Um, all of this curriculum and all of this effort is to help the marketing community level up. When I graduated ages ago, it was the four P's, you know, that was primarily the marketing methodology that we were taught, you know, product, price, place, and promotion. And the textbooks were all diving into that and textbooks around advertising and textbooks around, you know, content marketing, but no, nothing for demand generation and, and for specialized like in B2B or B2C marketing. And there wasn't all the technology that we have today. So it's, it's changing in a forever. As my daughter, by the way, just got a promotion at work. She was on the podcast. I did a episode with her on what it's like your first year in marketing, which was really cool daddy daughter moment. But the other daddy daughter moment was her calling me and saying, 
hey, I got promoted. And I said, cool, what, what's your promotion? She goes, I'm, I'm the demand gen manager. And I'm like, wow, there you, there's amazing. life coming full circle. Oh, you know, a guy who wow. started a company called Demand Gen and, and my daughter having that title. And it's, it's, uh, it's, it's really rewarding um, to see the community grow. I, I miss everybody. I did a post on LinkedIn this morning, Chris, suggesting people break some habits now that we're generally through COVID and, and let's get back together and spend time. And I'm wondering, how are you staying current, relevant, and feeling connected to your peers and colleagues in this era where we've we've been locked up? Or what do you plan to do? Because you know none of us are smarter than all of us, and it's great to be on these Teams and Zoom calls to stay connected, but there's nothing like going to the conferences and getting face-to-face -face and sharing what each other is doing. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping to get active um, out in, in, uh, in the conferences here in uh, the coming year. Um, I've been traveling uh, just within my own organization and it's been great um, just to meet our, our own teams and, and tell them about what's coming from the, the marketing side. And, and, you know, there's a real, it, it's interesting. There's a real desire and hunger for demand gen within organizations now. Again, it, it must be some buzz happening out there somewhere. Uh, yeah, I don't know. About this, that, that, you know, people are starting to go, hey, you start seeing jobs, like I said, pop up with demand generation or mm -hmm. demand gen, or at least, you know, you know, demand generation within the job description. Yeah. So we didn't call know, it, by the way, the head of demand gen, because that's the name of our group. And we didn't want people internally confused, like, is the director of demand generation the head of the demand gen team or the head of the demand generation function in marketing? So it was a little right. kind of weak, weird, unique thing. And I remember when we used to, we did a ton of work for LinkedIn over the years. And Nicola there would tell me, he's like, you need to change the name of your company. I'm like, why? And he goes, because my department and your your team who we work with, there's confusion all the time. Are we talking about you guys? Or are we talking about our group? And I'm like, I think that's a good problem to have. I'm not, I'm not yeah. changing the company name. There you go. Yeah, I know. Oh, you trademark. <laughs> yeah, if I had a nickel, right? That's but, right. Uh, yeah. Well, man, I appreciate you joining me on on the program. And let's definitely get some time scheduled next week so I can show you the new tools as they're nearing their their final stage. Because I'd love to make you, you know, a, a formal or informal member of my customer advisory board so we can, you know, reach these big, hairy, audacious goals and get this methodology out to everybody because it's helping people like you. It's helping so many of our clients, but I still think it's a little bit of a well-kept secret that we got to get out there and encourage anyone, if you haven't discovered it, um, download these materials. They are free to you uh, and would love your feedback if anybody has a different perspective. I mean, again, none of us are, are smarter than, than all of us together and together we can continue to write the curriculum and methodologies that are needed for the, the decades to come. Yeah, it's, it's truly, I think, I think it's truly going to become a community and it, it, I think it's going to happen pretty quickly again, as you know, we have advocates out there. So, I, you know, definitely you'll, you, you can count on me for advocating demand gen because it, it is transformative to an organization. And again, if you're in that B2B world, um, you know, some deals don't happen overnight. You're talking about one to two years sometimes in certain sales cycles for particular types of uh um, you know, segments that you're working with. And this is by far, um, you know, lifeblood or key to that kind of success. When you're, we're trying to fill pipeline for your sales team, you know, a demand generation framework is going to be crucial to, to, to your business. Yeah. Well, thank you, man. Right. When we finished the first call it 
version of it, uh, the little thing called the pandemic hit. So we weren't at as many conferences to really bring it to as many people. I think I introduced it to it uh, at the BWMX conference in, in uh, Arizona. And that was just a starting point. So it's come a long way. Well, I'm going to wrap us up. Stick around because we're going to pick a time for you and I to get together and go through those materials. But let me say farewell to everybody. Um, thank you guys for tuning in to the podcast uh, each and every week. We make episodes for you guys. I try not to miss too often. I think we've been way more consistent uh, since the beginning of the year. And if there's uh, you know, folks on the program like Chris Nelson uh, today, be sure to connect with him on LinkedIn. It's great for you guys to have people in your network that are tackling the same challenges and and focused on growth in their organizations. So as I said many times, none of us are smarter than all of us. Feel free to reach out to me. Feel free to reach out to Chris Nelson, uh, others on my team. And uh, let's keep helping you level up your game. If you haven't already, download these materials. Like I said, they're free for you guys. And there's a whole uh, link to a content stream below of other episodes, other podcasts, and materials, PowerPoints, and such that you can download. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Demand Gen Radio. We'll catch you guys on the next episode. Take care. You've been listening to Demand Gen Radio, bringing you the top industry experts, thought leaders, authors, marketing technology firms, and senior marketing leaders from around the world to teach you the methods and technologies for high-performance marketing. <laughs>